Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is Evan Woodard, a Baltimore-based explorer, photographer, and historian. Evan hunts for lost relics in homesteads, rubbish dumps, and privies. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. It's a pleasure being here. Oh, totally. Uh, it seems like I read that directly off your website. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you, like, did you actually just go to my website and look for that? <laughs> it was literally a cut and paste. I had to kind of like make sure because it's white text. And I was like, all right, hold on. Let me, let me just hit that real quick with color. <laughs> Uh, so and I, I gave what, what's up there, but I'd rather have you really speak on it. So describe your, your background and what brought you to this work and how long you've been doing it. Well, I mean, my background is uh, not history. Honestly, I didn't go to college for it. Uh, I've just been a fan of learning about history um, all my life. And uh, like most people during the pandemic, you needed something else to do that involved uh, not being around other people. So uh, I got uh, met up with my friend, Matt, who was out hiking a lot. And he had started finding like these beer bottles and I asked him about it. And then he's like, Hey, you gotta come join me. And I did. And next thing you know, like we're out digging like pretty frequently, uh, <laughs> in the woods, uh, behind these homes and whatnot and work with the owners and just asking like permission. Can we go here? Can we go there? And then it really evolved, um, over the last, I'd say like, you know, seven, eight months where it got really heavy, uh, involved with privy digging here in Baltimore city, because there's just so much history and so much redevelopment going on, um, that getting access to these construction sites, uh, from, uh, the companies that are working on them is super easy. And now they're like happy to be involved with preserving history in one way without really having to destroy it uh, outright. Yeah, that's, 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 that's dope. Cause like I had a conversation I, I've mentioned, I have an interview coming up with you to a few different people. Uh, and just the reception has been like really interesting. Like, hell yeah. Can't wait till you talk to him. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Two great tastes coming together. So obviously people have been checking out the, the, the social media, the uh, salvage arc. So how's that response been? And I saw the, the best of Baltimore. So congratulations on that one. Thank you. But how's that response been? And how have people kind of taken to some of the posts, posts that you've had up there and maybe even some of the, um, the videos you've done. Cause I saw this relic hunting, uh, two relic hunting videos on your website. So if you will, for the fine folks out there, uh, describe, uh, what relic hunting is and, um, I'll hit you with part B of that question. Huh, okay. So relic hunting is, uh, you know, it can be anything from metal detecting to what is uh, known as bottle digging. And that involves like people, uh, you know, going out in the woods or looking for rubbish dumps, um, and privies to find, like things that were basically tossed away as trash back in the day, because before uh, modern trash pickup, which really didn't come about until like World War II, uh, everyone would just kind of throw away anything they couldn't burn into the woods. So any like low lying pits, uh, ravines, rivers, things like that, you could find trash in, and you still find it like today if you just go through the woods uh, looking around. But you also have like the privy. So that was the old outhouse. And, uh, you know, prior to Baltimore and most cities getting indoor plumbing, people would just take that trash and just throw it in their backyard into the pit uh, that it was privy because eventually it would be cleaned out, but not as well. Um, you know, as like you would think like they would just leave like a, a lot of trash in there anyway, so that the uh, people that are cleaning it out could charge more money eventually to have them come back over and over again. So smart thinking on their part, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. this is going. Um, so now it's like hunting down those locations where those homes were or homes still are, and then locating those pits, uh, or, you know, for the, for the privy or where the rubbish dump is. So it's, it's like, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm, I'm as you're describing it, I'm immediately thinking like, yeah, what's, what's in this treasure hunt? What's in this box? What am I getting? <laughs> uh, so 
and it, what's the response have been on like social media and even on the website? Because I, I've talked to a few different people about this interview coming up and people have marked out to use a wrestling term, if you will. It's like, hell yeah, you're talking to him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, ask this. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to. Um, so, so how has that response been in terms of people like having an interest in the work that you're doing and kind of liking the posts and you're, you have that best of Baltimore. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So how's that response been? It's been uh, overwhelming. Um, when I first started this out, like this account, uh, I had another photography account here for here for Baltimore and that was doing really well. Um, but I didn't want to clog up that feed with like all my, you know, trash items I was digging up. So I decided to make a new one just like my friends and like, you know, for a few people. And then it just took off. Um, and I believe what really sets it apart from some other accounts that do this is that I want to tell the personal story about the items itself, not just what it is. So making it something more personal to, you know, uh, people that follow me or people that are reading, you know, different articles and everything like that. And then as far as like the response has been amazing. I mean, we've had Baltimore sun, uh, Baltimore magazine, um, another Baltimore magazine article coming out on a few, few months. Uh, and then there's some other things that I can't talk about behind the scenes, but, um, it's really cool when I go out and I talk to people, uh, about like, Oh, what do you do? And I, I talk about the relic hunting and everything. Like they go, Oh my God, wait, you're salvage arc. And I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> I had that happen yesterday <laughs> when I was at the, uh, watching the Ravens game, I was talking to the assistant Dean for uh, Johns Hopkins medical school. And he was like, wait, you're the guy that does all the bottle stuff. And I was like, yep, that's me. He's like, Oh my God, your work is amazing. Uh, we would love to like do something with you. I was like, excellent. So it, it's, it's, I think my account really shows that history is everywhere and that people can go out there and find it on their own. It doesn't have to be something that's just limited to like, you know, professors out in the world uh, doing archeology span uh, uh, digs and things like that. Yeah. And I think, I think going back to one of the things you, you touched on earlier, you echoed earlier about just Baltimore having a, like a rich history. So you'll encounter, especially even being a port city, you have all different things that could potentially be here. And it's just the, the, the mysteries of what can be unearthed are there. What comes to mind when, of like, maybe like a favorite relic that you've encountered or favorite relics. Cause you know, that could be a, you know, S with brackets. Uh, what comes to mind when you're like, yeah, that was a really cool coin that I found or wow, they had bottles back then of this or whatever. Like that's the original Dr. Pepper. What was uh, <laughs> something that comes to mind for you? Uh, for me, it's, it's flask. Uh, there's a lot of historical flasks that are basically like souvenir cups uh, for whiskey and, you know, other liquors that were sold back in the day. And these flasks had like different embossings on them. Some of the ones I have have like president's face, uh, president faces like George Washington, uh, Andrew Jackson, and then some of the generals that fought in the revolutionary war, because these people were seen as heroes of America and they were just everywhere back then. Um, and then they have some other items that are like, uh, from the Masonic, uh, like group. And like one has like an all seeing eye. And then it's like Masonic archway with a bunch of other weird symbols on it. It's like really cool to see, like this is made in the 1820s. And they were like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta buy this. This is like our bobblehead, you know, that you get at Oriole park instead of getting, you know, a souvenir cup, you get a souvenir flask and it's filled with whiskey. Um, and then once they were done with it, they would either throw it away. Uh, and then you hope that it you know, lands intact in the pit and that privy lands like a knife, uh, soft pile of, you know, human waste and yeah, it stays yeah. there. It's, uh, preserved for, you know, a couple hundred years. And I come around and dig it up. Like this is mine now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I noticed you might be on the same page I am. And it, uh, you mentioned the flask and you mentioned whiskey. So, so where, where, where are we at? What's the whiskey? What's the whiskey you're into? Uh, I mean, I, I do, some videos. I'm big into the uh, coffee whiskey out of Japan. It's really good. I used to live over there. Um, and like their stuff is, you know, 
I love Sagamore, but that stuff over there is, is amazing. Um, it does, it's a little pricey, but you know, it's worth it. <laughs> so, so hold on. So hold on. How, how have we known each other before? Because I love Japanese. Whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. Happening? I mean, you might've seen me at Otakon. I used to be uh, on the board oh, for anime USA. I've gone to Katsukon, Otakon. Uh, we're, we're having a conversation after this podcast <laughs> about a little bit of everything. I feel like I always joke, I always joke with my girlfriend. I was like, there are, a few doppelgangers of me out there. It's just guy, maybe bald, has a beard. I mean, I have <laughs> the swordfish uh, tattoo from a uh, cow bebop on my arm. I have outlaw star, uh, space battleship Moto, even Galleon uh, and Robotech and Macross on my arms. I just have a street fighter tattoo and a food dog. That's, <laughs> this is what this is right now. No more, no more. Uh, so speak on, um, cause I have a pop culture related question we'll get to, but speak on, um, I think, when you're, you're maybe going to some of these sites and you, you touched on earlier where you're able to go to sites that are maybe being um, excavated or developed upon, is there any inherent dangers with some of the work that you're doing? There are. Uh, <coughs> digging now, the, some of the pits that we encounter are you know very shallow, no more than like three feet in depth. But then there are ones that we dig that are 27 to 35 feet in depth and you're doing this all by hand and now the other thing about this is you know human waste decays over time naturally and these i these pits were capped over uh when they were put out of use so sometimes in the really deep ones when it's been decaying for so long it develops like an air void and you don't really know it's there until you're digging down you're standing on top of it and then you could potentially fall into it um and we've had situations like that happen where we're digging and the floor just kind of caves out real quickly and luckily like you know you have something to grab onto or the harness to hold you up uh, so that you don't fall all the way down through the you know through the floor um but that's like pretty much the biggest danger that we really face, you know, we wear hard hats and much other safety gear and make sure that we're not like, you know, in any real danger. Uh, but for the most part, it's just, just worry about falling through the floor. So, uh, less descent, uh, less mole men is just make sure you're not falling through the, the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what in your opinion is, an essential quality for the work that you're doing. I have initially here the, the question of historian and maybe for, cause you, cause you have like, from what I'm reading, like a few different interests that kind of maybe marry together, like the photography, the historian work, the exploring work. Uh, how do those, like, what's that, that key trait that kind of unifies those three? Um, I would have to say the key traits like passion. You have to be really passionate about what you're doing and what you're researching because you are going to be spending like hours on end, either trying to look up an item, uh, track down something, someone, uh, a location, things like that. It's not just like you show up and you know you start digging because that, that is the thing. Like there are people that just you know show up and they, they don't really care about like the history. They just want the items, um, and you know that's cool and all. But I like doing the actual research of everything, understanding who owned this property, who lived here, uh, what they were throwing away and like, you know, really painting a good picture about the person that was there at one point. And in it, so, so looking at your, some of the work there, you kind of made, made that point earlier about how important it is to, I think, like, see, like appreciate, I guess, the history that is really right under our feet sometimes. <laughs> um, what are, what are any other like interests you have, like in that kind of space of archeology span or the, the, uh, the, the, the tombs being uncovered? Like what, what, what was like that piece of news? Like, were you a person that's watching like the mummy, Indiana Jones, Laura Croft, what was your, your deal there? And in that same space, 
which one do you relate with most from a fictional standpoint? <laughs> um, I grew up watching Indiana Jones on a repeat. Um, if it wasn't watching like Harrison Ford play him, it was watching Harrison Ford play him at play, uh, uh, Han Solo, who's also like my other idol. <laughs> but, um, and, and I dressed up as him for Halloween. I'll be dressing up this year as Halloween as Harrison, as, uh, Indiana Jones. But, um, that was like my, that was like my dude, like seeing him fight for, you know, good and trying to like preserve items, uh, to be in museums and not so much to be like sold off for money or anything like that. And I think that's like super important for me. Um, and that's, that's probably who I relate to the most. Uh, and if it was between him, Laura Croft or Drake from, uh, I can't remember the name of that video game series, but, uh, or sorry, Nathan, uh, yeah. video game series. And yeah. this is, it'd probably be like, like definitely Indiana Jones or, or, uh, or Nathan. And just because like, it's, you're going out there exploring and, you know, Laura Cross does her, does her exploring. Um, but it doesn't seem as much like history based as the other two, you know, usually are. <laughs> so you, you, you touched on like where, where these things are going to preserving, where these things are going from and in, in a fictional space, ultimately with some of the items that, that you're collecting, where, where do they go? Are you, do you just have like a wall that just has everything in there? Almost like uh, the conjuring It's like, yeah, you know, we got this doll that's possessed. We found it. We're going to keep it right here. Where do your items go ultimately when you uh, have rediscovered them? So a lot of the artifacts that I find, uh, they go in like two categories. You well, sorry, three categories. You have the category of something that's very rare and that I know would be of interest to the Baltimore museum of industry. So I set it aside and I donated to them. Um, this today I had to go through, I think like 47 items to get ready for the donation to them. Um, and then you have items that I know that they already have and aren't of, uh, significance to them. So I ended up keeping in my collection. And then we have the items that are duplicates or, uh, super common things like that. And then I sell those to sell, uh, raise money and give a portion of the proceeds to the Baltimore museum of ministry. So it's still giving back to, you know, the community. That's great. That's great. That's great. There. When you describe like, Oh, this is a duplicate. I'd immediately thought of like Pokemon, like <laughs> collecting those cards. I was like, the hell is this? I don't want another standard common Pikachu. I don't know if it's Give me Charizard, cards, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so, so how do you balance, how do you balance your time? How do you kind of, cause you're, you're at these, you know, these sites or what have you, how are you balancing your time? Are you make copies, Dr. Manhattan style? What are you doing? <laughs> if I had copies of me, that'd be awesome. I'd be able to do so much more uh, here in the world. Um, now it's, I thankfully work uh, remotely. So, and you know, I can do all of my job from wherever I am in the world. Um, so I usually have my laptop with me. I'm doing something during the week. I'm very available. My boss knows what I'm doing. And then if it's, you know, during the weekends, I just pretty much have my camera with me. I kind of can't make too many plans these days just because I don't know when these sites are going to pop up. Like with the construction site, we might get permission to only be there one night and we don't know what night that's going to be. It's usually a lot of it's last minute. Uh, and then we have to also be flexible with people's work schedules now because we're digging in a lot of people's yards uh, that are like followers of my account or they reach out to me through you know, other means, um, there's a neighborhood we're working with right now, pretty much digging every house in that neighborhood. It's probably like 60 homes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just only see it from like, a. I, I see it. Sometimes I see things in a bizarre way where I immediately thought of like, you just, you just rolling up like in a 64 Chevy a la Guy Fieri. It's like, yeah, we're rolling out. We're going to start digging in people's backyards. And then the theme just comes in. <laughs> Honestly, you're not wrong. It's, it's, well, it's it's rolling up in my forerunner and then I start knocking on doors and I tell them what we do. Uh, I usually bring like an example of what we're looking for. And then people are like, 
hell yeah, let's do it. And you know, if they're, they'll, they'll say, I can't do it tonight or can't do it today or whatever, but come back and we work out a time and then yeah. their neighbors come over and see what we're doing. And they're like, can you do this in my ear? Like, yep. <laughs> Gladly. Yeah. That's great. What's, what's that, what's that go-to? What's that go-to snack as you're out there? It's, it's, it's digging, it's, it's repelling. It's making sure you don't, you don't bust your ass. <laughs> what is that situation that you're like, I need a Snickers. What, what's the, what's the snack that you have? Cause you're not obviously eating spaghetti while you're repelling down and, and things of that nature. What, you know, maybe you are, I don't know. Cause you see <laughs> a lot of different things, but what do you, what do you, what's the snack that you have? Oh, um, you know, it's funny you ask that because we can't like, we're always wearing gloves and our hands are either going to be filthy even when we're all wearing gloves. So it has to be something that's in a bag that I don't really have to touch. And it's sure. M&Ms, peanut M&Ms. They're the best. I love peanut M&Ms. <sighs> that's my go-to. <laughs> I, I love peanut M&Ms as well. You know, when this interview is over, I've had enough. This is this is some bizarre world nonsense here. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's like looking into a mirror. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know how we haven't met. I'm actually surprised. Like, this is yeah. interesting. I'm really surprised here. I guess I'm, for the most part, out of my questions. Uh, I, I'll, I'll throw, um, I'll, I'll lend the floor to you. Um, and I want to thank you for answering everything in such an expeditious sort of way. Uh, so, uh, social media website, all of that good stuff. Where can they check out like some of the posts that you're doing? I mean, we touched on it, but I like to plug back again. <laughs> uh, so my main social media account is on Instagram and that is salvage arc ARC. Uh, that stands for salvage archeology, span just a short way. A lot of people ask me, was it like architecture? I was like, nope, archeology. span um, And then I have the same account on Facebook. You can reach me there and on YouTube as well. Um, I have some videos I need to upload. I've just been really lazy about it. It, it comes back to editing again. I, I like doing it, but I don't have the time to do it anymore. So I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. Evan. this has been, this has been a treat. This has been a great way to wrap up a Monday for me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob, for uh, having me out here today. It's been awesome. And, you know, it's been a pleasure talking with you and learning more about you. Absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll end it there with um, for Evan Woodard of Salvage Arc. I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore, sometimes under Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Oh,